Hi there, and welcome to 45 RPM music of the 40s and 50s. I'm Sam Waldron. This time we're going to focus on a long-running after-school television program, American Bandstand. The show was centered in Philadelphia, and in its very early days, starting in 1952, Bandstand had only a local audience. They tuned in to watch short musical films called Soundies, kind of the ancestors, if you will, of music videos. But pretty soon the format was changed, and the audience saw teenagers dancing in the studio while popular records were playing. Then in the mid-50s, Bandstand got a good-looking, smiling new host. His name was Dick Clark. The program went national, and over the next few decades, a whole generation of young people came to instantly recognize his name. American Bandstand was a place where performing and recording careers were kick-started, some of them very successful, and some eh, not so much. The music we're going to listen to today comes from a list of performers who were on American Bandstand's first season as a nationally televised show in 1957. The first record we're going to listen to today was made by Freddie Cannon. Ultimately, he held the all-time record with 110 appearances on Bandstand. Sometime in the summer or fall of 1957, Cannon was featured on the program with his record, Tallahassee Lassie. Drag the cha-cha 
Anka and Diana. That song was played on American Bandstand on August 7, 1957. By that time, the program was being picked up by TV stations across the country, beamed into hundreds of thousands of homes that had little black and white TV sets. A 19-inch screen was fairly standard in 1957, and a 21-inch set was considered pretty large. I didn't see Paul Anka on bandstand that day in 1957. I'm darned if I can remember what I was doing. And the only TV we had in our house was tucked away in a closet down in the basement. But if you tuned in on that Tuesday afternoon, you would have seen a few dozen teenagers dancing to that recording with Paul Anka lip-syncing the words. That's how it was done. Nobody seemed to care that it wasn't a live performance. What you heard over the air was exactly what you'd hear if you bought the record, and Bandstand generated lots and lots of record sales. However, not everything turned into a big hit. Just one week before Christmas in 1957, Bobby Darren was on the show to feature a record that, as it turned out, just didn't make much of a splash. It was called Don't Call My Name. Well, you hurt me so...
I'm Sam Waldron, and in this episode of 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s, we're focused on music featured on the afternoon TV program American Bandstand. We just heard Bobby Darin and his record, Don't Call My Name. Almost every performer who had a record back then wanted to be on Bandstand, and the show's producers took some chances on unknown acts that sounded promising. For example, they invited a singer named Janice Harper to promote a ballad she had recorded called Bon Voyage. Here's what that sounded like.
Vikings and their popular recording, Come Go With Me, as it was presented on the American Bandstand TV show in 1957. The group broke some ground for being racially mixed, and they were relatively successful. About that same time, another doo-wop group known as the Dubs appeared on American Bandstand with a record called This Could Be Magic. Probably on the strength of that exposure, the record made it up to number 23, on the Billboard Hot 100, although for some reason it never made it at all onto the rhythm and blues charts. And the dubs just couldn't seem to repeat their success, and they parted company in 1958.
1957 Chuck Berry and his very popular record Rock and Roll Music. You're listening to 45 RPM Music of the 40s and 50s and I'm Sam Waldron. Today our show focuses on records that were featured on the very popular after-school TV program American Bandstand in its first national season 1957. On the Monday after Thanksgiving an act called Mickey and Sylvia put American Bandstand's national audience to good use and helped their recording of Love is Strange become a million seller. And right after that, we'll hear a recording by Malcolm Dodds and the Tune Drops. Their song was called It Took a Long Time, and yet even the exposure of American Bandstand couldn't turn it into a hit.
Malcolm Dodds and the Tune Drops and their song, It Took a Long Time. American Bandstand also featured a singer named Bob Jackson, who had made a high-energy record that you probably never heard before. I'm going to play just enough of this to let you get the idea. Jackson obviously gave it his all, but for whatever reason, the record went nowhere, and Bob Jackson faded into rock and roll history. This is called Beach Party. Oh, well, you called Sally, I called Sue, you called Cindy and I called Lou. Tell me, come, two by two, and it only you worry, I'm taking you to the party. Beach Party. Bob Jackson and his record, Beach Party. Still ahead, we're going to hear more examples of how American Bandstand helped launch some very successful music careers, including Jerry Lee Lewis, the Everly Brothers, the Crickets, and at least one fledgling group that I'm pretty sure will surprise you. I'm Sam Waldron. You're listening to 45 RPM music of the 40s and 50s. Our show today is focused on the first year that Dick Clark was the host of American Bandstand, an after-school TV program that promoted popular recordings and sometimes gave a break to some untried and unproved artists as well. American Bandstand's guests in 1957 included a handful of people that we still know today. In October, Johnny Mathis came on the show to present one of his first big hits, it's not for me to say. It's not for me to say You love me It's not for me to say You'll always care Oh, but here for the moment I can hold you fast And press your lips to mine And dream the love As far as I can see, this 
just for me It's ours to share Perhaps the glow of love will grow With every passing day Or we may never meet again But then it's not for me to say and the song he presented on American Bandstand in October 1957. That same week, Bandstand viewers Coast to Coast heard this record by Jackie Wilson. Oh, 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 
Jackie Wilson, and his hit record, Reet Petite, which he pretended to sing on American Bandstand on Friday, October 4, 1957. I say he pretended to sing because the format of this show called for playing the record while teenagers danced on camera and the singer would lip-sync the lyrics. American Bandstand was always headquartered in Philadelphia. The original host was named Phil Horn, but he got the boot in 1956 after he was caught up in a scandal involving drunk driving and prostitution. By then, the show was being broadcast coast to coast, and that's when American Bandstand got a new host, a good-looking guy with a squeaky clean image named Dick Clark. Late in 1957, Clark invited the Everly Brothers to be on the show to highlight their hit song, Wake Up Little Susie. At first, the record was banned on radio stations in Boston under the theory that the lyrics were just too suggestive. I guess the idea that two teenagers might fall asleep in a car at a drive-in movie was just too shocking for the morality police in 1950s Boston. However, Teenagers quickly outsmarted the city fathers by running to their local record stores to buy copies of Wake Up Little Susie. The stores were soon sold out, making the record a collector's item. Wake Up Little Susie went on to become a number one hit in the United States and a number two hit in Great Britain. Those were the Everly Brothers and their big hit record, Wake Up Little Susie. I'm Sam Waldron. Our theme today is the long-running afternoon TV show, American Bandstand. That show launched some careers, and here's a pretty interesting example. It involves a couple of young singers from New York City, and they wanted to sound like the Everly Brothers. 
A few days before Thanksgiving in 1957, one of the records played on American Bandstand was Hey Schoolgirl. The record label identified the singers as Tom and Jerry. However, their real names were actually Paul and Art, and their last names were Simon and Garfunkel. This is Hey Schoolgirl, the very first professional recording they ever made. From 1957, Hey Schoolgirl. That record didn't make much of a splash, but the Tom and Jerry became known as Simon and Garfunkel, and they had great success in the 1960s and beyond. A few weeks later, American Bandstand featured another new and hopeful group that called themselves the Twin Tones. Their song was titled Joanne, and if you've never heard it before, well, I never had either until I started working on today's show. But here it is.
Those were the Twin Tones and a record that, despite being featured on American Bandstand, didn't turn into a hit. And pretty much the same thing happened to a rockabilly song that was called Bopa Lena. Oops, Scooby Dooby Lena, go gal, go Bopa Lena, Bopa Lena. She my gal. Oh, Bopa Lena, Bopa Lena. Yeah, she my gal. She my gal, and I love her so. Oops, Scooby Dooby Lena, go gal, go. Well, the school bells are ringing, everybody running out. Going to the shack, gonna check it all about. Bopa Lena, looking like a rose from the wild. Man, I dig that That was songwriter and rockabilly singer Ronnie Self and his 1957 record Bopa Lena. This was his biggest hit, but it reached only number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100. You're listening to 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s, and I'm Sam Waldron. Our theme today is records that were featured on the first nationally televised season of American Bandstand in 1957 and early 1958. And as we're seeing, not every one of them turned into a hit. However, Bandstand gave singers a fabulous chance to get themselves before the public. Sometime in 1958, a group named the Cordettes came on the show, and that helped them sell a ton of copies of this record, Lollipop. Boom, boom, boom. Call my baby lollipop, tell you why. It's just sweeter than an apple pie. 
The Cordettes and their hit record, Lollipop. And now here's an American Bandstand success story for you. On Friday, October 4th, 1957, Jerry Lee Lewis came on the show to present a single that had been released just that week by Sun Records, Great Balls of Fire. The record sold more than a million copies in its first ten days, and I'm sure Lewis's appearance on American Bandstand didn't hurt. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain Too much of love drives a man insane You broke my will, but what a thrill Goodness gracious, great balls of fire I let you love, but I thought it was funny You came along and wooed me, honey I've changed my mind, this world is fine Goodness great balls of fire Kisses, baby Mmm, feels good things up with this one. Cry, you say you're gonna leave 
Holly and the Crickets, and That'll Be the Day. That song was written by the band's drummer, Jerry Allison. Allison also wrote the group's best-selling song, Peggy Sue, which was named after his girlfriend, who later became his wife. Buddy Holly died in a plane crash at the young age of 22, but Jerry Allison lived another 63 years and finally passed away in August of 2022. American Bandstand's first coast-to-coast season also featured some other names you might remember, including the Diamonds, Andy Williams, Bill Haley and the Comets, Gene Vincent, Frankie Avalon, and Georgia Gibbs. For many of them, it was their first time on television. I'm Sam Waldron, and from all of us at 45 RPM, here's wishing you a good day, a good week, and so long for now. <laughs>